At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Welcome back. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers, as you covered, they've launched a series of CityCast designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. CityCast in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcast. Big fan of this guy, Fran Fraschilla, ESPN College basketball analyst on Kansas and Oklahoma tonight, and Fran at Fran Fraschilla on Twitter, was at Manhattan, St. John's, and New Mexico, and he joins us now. Appreciate the time, Coach. This, some great stories going on right now, but on the West Coast, we're ta- we've are we always talked about this year, Gonzaga, UCLA, and USC. How about what's going on with Arizona? The start they're off to, and only two close wins. They're blowing everybody out. Yeah, they got. I'll tell you, the thing I love about them is that uh, they've got a new coach in Tommy Lloyd, who was a longtime assistant at Gonzaga, and Sean Miller left him a bomb squad, and Tommy Lloyd has acknowledged that. Oftentimes, coaches don't do that, but coaching etiquette 101 is acknowledge the guy that left you this team, and they are really good, Paulie. They, uh, they've got pros. They're the tallest team in college basketball. Um, they've, they've got about everything, really, and uh, kind of the, the interesting thing about them is they're still not getting talked about nationally like they should be, partly because they're in Tucson, and uh, you know, uh, not a lot of people have seen them play, quite frankly. So, uh, love yeah. their team. Ben Matherin's a pro. Their big kids are good, and uh, really like watching them. What's an ideal mix that you would like for a roster? And just what what's going on in college basketball now with with you know, one and duns or guys coming out early NBA aspirations? Do you want some upperclassmen? The transfer portal. I mean, it has to be difficult now. Yeah. What guys are juggling? Yeah, no, but it's the new it's the new world order in college basketball. You know what happened about ten years ago with Duke and Duke and uh, Kentucky just mm-hmm. walloping people with their one and done guys. Um, a, a lot of teams figured out how to get older and play old guys against the one and dones at, at at those places, and of course, if you have Anthony Davis or Zion Williamson, you're going to be in trouble. But I think what Coach K and John Calipari found out is that if we don't have the right mix of one and dones in a given year, that older teams can beat us. And we've seen Villanova, Virginia, Gonzaga, Michigan State, teams like that um, are are have been older. Virginia's down this year, but 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 you guys know my point, and mm-hmm. I think the transfer portal. While we were all skeptical about it uh, initially, um, 
I tell you, college basketball is in a great spot this year because there's so many upperclassmen and super seniors that uh, aren't off to the NBA because, quite frankly, they're not quite good enough, but they're really good college players. And when you look around the country, at uh, take a Villanova, for example, who, who has two fifth-year guys. And I'm not talking about transfers. I'm talking about guys that have played at Villanova for five years because of that super senior rule. Uh, it's made college basketball really good, and coaches better – adopt and navigate it because the, the portal itself is here to stay. Yeah, it's great to have a guy like Colin Gillespie back this year for sure. Now, I bet uh, about a month ago, Arizona at 30-1 to 1 to win the whole thing after I watched Arizona. Oh, man. Mm. Oh, yeah, like the odds that. were better. I, I, sh- I should have bet them a couple weeks earlier. I watched, Fran, I watched the Wildcats in Vegas against Wichita, and um, I was really impressed. You, get, you got 6-11, 7-1 on the front line, and yeah. uh, Tommy Lloyd's doing a heck of a job coaching that team. And uh, I also got yeah. a preseason bet on Purdue at 30-1, to 1, and Purdue's got two bigs and Travion Williams and Zach Eady. So those are two of the biggest teams in college basketball. When you look at the Big Ten, uh, what do you expect out of Purdue the rest of the way? I, th- I think the lack of a true point guard kind of hurts that team. Uh, but what teams yeah. do you like or don't like, and what's happened to Michigan? Well, I'd, I'd say a couple things. First of all, uh, I've seen Purdue three times, and I, I love them. I'm actually surprised they've gotten beat the way they have a couple times. Uh, but I think overall they're built for the long haul, and I think they're built for the NCAA tournament. And uh, you know, you and I talked about this off the air. Matt Painter's told me he doesn't really, <coughs> excuse me, want to play those two big guys. But the thing about the two big guys that I really enjoyed when I've seen them in person is, yes. It sounds like in a fantasy league situation, you could play them together and just small people. But what happens is your big guy wears out because every four minutes you have a guy that's basically an all American coming in. These are two of the best, I don't know, 10 or 12 players in the country playing at the same position. And so I've thought about it, watched tape, tried to figure out whether they can play them together. Matt Painter knows way more about his team than I do doesn't think he could do it. So what's the, what's the alternative? Well, every four minutes, a fresh big guy's coming in and trying to maul you. And other than a Kofi Coburn or a couple other big guys in, in the Big Ten, they can really dominate the paint the way, the way they're playing, both Williams and Heaty. Yeah, we saw that yesterday. Kofi Coburn got in foul trouble in that game. Purdue wins 96-88 in double overtime. Uh, before we get to the Big 12, one more question about the Big Ten. Do you believe in Michigan yeah. State – are the Spartans, are they just lost at home to Northwestern? Is Michigan State a yeah. true top 10, top 15 type of team? And what's happened to Michigan in your estimation? Yeah, well, I think Michigan just lost talent to the NBA. You know, we're finding out Franz Wagner, although he's playing on a bad uh, Orlando team right now, is, you know, one of the three or four best rookies in the league, and he's probably on his way to being an all-star. We didn't know that last year. We just thought he was a really good college player. They lost Isaiah Livers as well. Uh, Mike Smith, the grad transfer. So, you know, they just aren't the same team as that they were a year ago. We thought Hunter Dickinson would be a dominant player, but he doesn't have quite the talent around him. And then Michigan State, I think, is just overachieving. Uh-huh. I don't think Tom's Tom Izzo's got any pros on that team. He's got some upperclassmen. Took it took a mid major transfer, uh, Walker from Northeastern, and I just think they're going to be a a nice top twenty team, maybe a top four seed in the tournament. But I would say that even if you ask Tom, he would tell you this is not a vintage Michigan State team. Right. Mm. Your thoughts on the Big 12 so far and, and the game you have tonight. You're a Norman for Kansas and Oklahoma. Yeah. You know what? I'm in this league now 15 years, and it, 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 uh, 
may not have the sizzle and the glamour of some of the other conferences because of the, you know, we're all in the, we're out here in the great plains, but uh, year in, year out, you know, Ken Pomeroy has this league one or two, the last eight or nine years. And there's just so many good upperclassmen players. So many is six, six of the 10 coaches have been in a final four. And this is another vintage year. Uh, again, um, you know, we, we, people don't know much about an Oklahoma state, excuse me, or in Oklahoma, they know about Chris Beard of Texas. But um, the interesting thing to me is I just saw and witnessed Baylor lose to two home games. And mm. this was a team that was 69 and six coming into last week. Now they do have an injury a freshman that's out that hurts their rotation, but uh, they were absolutely dominant until last uh, Tuesday night. And now we're trying to figure out, who Baylor will be and can they get healthy? I think they're, they're kind of wounded tonight at West Virginia, but all of a sudden guys uh, where it detoured for a year and a half or two years, the road to the big 12 title goes through Lawrence, Kansas, because uh, Bill self's got eight or nine really good college players. Not sure they have a surefire pro, but you know, they're certainly uh, deserving of being a, you know, a top you know, a top two line team in the tournament if they keep playing this way. Jayhawks barely escaped at home last week against Iowa State by one. Uh, they're yep. three and a half point favorites at Oklahoma tonight. Porter Moser's done a pretty good job with the Sooners. They beat Iowa State by thirteen at home about two weeks ago. How do you think tonight's yeah. How do you think tonight's game is going to play out, in Norman? You know, it's uh, I would say on a neutral court. Uh, you know, Kansas is probably you know six to eight points better easily. Uh, Oklahoma traditionally is not a tough place to go on the road and win. It's, uh, you know, uh, it's not a place where people come in and pack the arena. So uh, it's a tough game for, for Oklahoma. Porter Moser's doing it with mirrors right now because uh, he inherited a team that only had three returning players and they're very competitive. But I think Kansas is starting to feel itself a little bit and uh, have a feeling that there'll be, you know, there'll be a real challenge for Oklahoma to hold off even with home court advantage tonight. It seems it happens every year where a, a mid-major or, or a little guy goes to the Elite Eight or the Final Four. Did you have a sleeper or a team we should keep our eye on for March from a, a lower conference? Well, I think Loyola Chicago, you know, Porter's team. It, it, exactly, uh, ironically enough, uh, you know, this is a team that although they lost a really good center and, a you know, a really good player in Cameron Crutwig, a uh, big kid who uh, was fun to watch. Uh, they're one of those mid-major teams where uh, Drew Valentine, the the the, the coach, uh, former assistant there, who was elevated, and the brother of uh, oh the youngster uh, Denzel Valentine, Michigan State guy. Uh, Drew was able to convince four super seniors to stay back and you know get uh, take advantage of the free fifth year, and they're really good. I mean, they've got great continuity and. Uh, we talked earlier about an older team um, that can do damage uh, at the high major level, but that's a perfect example of a, of a you know of a team at the mid major level that can be really really good. I think I think the um, the, the WCC we all know about Gonzaga, but uh, although they just smacked BYU, BYU's got a team that's pretty good, and San Francisco is also another dangerous you know team. I think out of a mid major that those two teams come to mind, but. I really like uh, I really like Loyola. I think they're a dangerous team. All right, Fran. Only about thirty seconds left. If uh, if you had to call it today, you think Jabari Smith from Auburn is the number one draft pick? 
I do. I do. It's very, very early. You, you know, you're putting me on the spot, Maddie, but, uh, cause I, I've been watching tape of all these kids. I'm not one of those guys that does any mock draft stuff, but briefly, I would tell you that he looks and, and, and plays like number one. And, uh, although the kid from Duke is very intriguing because right. it kind of reminds me a little bit of Carmelo Anthony, Paolo Bancaro, not, not a super, super athlete like Jabari, certainly good enough. But at 6'10", he gets to anywhere on the floor. We'll watch you tonight. Thanks for getting up early. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. See you guys. Yep, ESPN College Basketball Analyst Fran Fraschilla. Also great with the draft, too, and evaluating talent as well. You're talking about all these players. Uh, Some horrific beats, some big payouts, and two great dog videos. Win some, lose some. Up next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Some lose some is presented by Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Check out their daily specials at betrivers.com. Were you a winner last night? Wow, winning. Or was it a rough one? Well, they can't all be winners, can they? Loser! You're a loser! Molly Howard recaps the night in sports betting in Win Some, Lose Some. All right, a lot of big tickets cash last night, and we start with the Rams at Bet Rivers to win between 19 and 24 points. That paid 11 to 1. Rams on the alt spread. Alt line minus 10 and a half paid plus 240. I can't. I'm so, so disappointed. I was looking forward to this game. I can't. I left at halftime yesterday. Just disgusted how bad Arizona was. And then the pick six by Murray, and that was all she wrote. But you knew. I mean, you knew early on. It's like you said at the top of the show. Second like series. It, yeah, that's right. Game was over. Yep. Beckham first touchdown. 10 to 1 at Bet Rivers. Defensive or special teams touchdown? Yes, plus 250. The shortest pick six in playoff history. Will it be a two-point conversion? That cash, plus 260. Stafford, anytime touchdown, 9-1. to one. Had the QB sneak. Rams scoring every quarter. Yes, plus $1.65. Wild card weekend matchups. The good props. Most rushing yards. Mitchell cashes, 6-1. to one. You're right. How funky is that? No one had 100 yards. 96 yards was your leader to cash that ticket. Most receiving yards. Evans, 14 to 1. He had 117. Chase had 116. Kelsey had 108. Most passing yards. No surprise. Mahomes, maybe a little surprise. He got off such a slow start in that game, too. Uh, The first quarter? You didn't think he would end up yeah. with 404 yeah. yards and right five up. touchdowns, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, right. 
uh, a scoreless quarter, and that yeah. happens. Uh, five to one, and what he did against the Steelers. Fewest points scored. Cardinals eight to one. They only managed eleven last night. Lowest scoring game. San Francisco and Dallas. That was seven to one. 23-17, your lowest scoring game. You don't game. think the NFL's number one scoring offense is going to be in the right. lowest scoring game of the weekend. Mm-hmm. This was that fan duel. Thanks to the people who sent this in. Good props. Well, an offensive lineman score a touchdown. Yes, was 20-1. to That happened in the Kansas City game and also in the Kansas City game. Will a non-quarterback throw a touchdown pass? Kelsey threw a touchdown. That was 17-1. to Guys sent in screenshots of that. That's, a, that's good stuff. NBA unders yesterday, 9-2-1. Favorites in hockey, 6-1. And, and how about what happened out here? Vegas led Pittsburgh. The streak's over. Pittsburgh finally lost the first period. They were down 3-0 in the second period. They won the game. 5-3. Yes. Can't believe that. Yeah. What a run Pittsburgh's on. But the 10-0-3 run in the first period is now gonzo. Uh, Timo Meyer had five goals for the Sharks. Sets the franchise record for goals in a game. And that was early on. He had five. Still had some time. Uh, that was fantastic with the night, with the day on ice. Subscribe, be part of the team, vcin.com for our radio and podcast people. Great dog videos today. We started off with the big fella. He's in the house. Big dog. He's following, right. He's, he's, he's a big dog. He's following the owner. He's like, oh, that chair is comfortable. Let me jump up on the leather, leather chair here. It's been a long day. He sits down. <laughs> Timber! Down goes the chair. I mean, the look on his face, like, little help here. You going to help me? Huh? That was. <laughs> doesn't realize how big he is. It's like those damn chihuahuas. You know, like they it's like the bark and yap at people. They don't realize their size, and you're going to lose that fight. Those little chihuahuas. Would they don't you, realize. Would, would you ever have a dog like that? No. No, I wouldn't either. But that uh, the, the ex is. Uh, Mother had one, uh, but look at that jumps. Okay, this is great. Miss Lady, did this you is the climb puppy into in the that bowl. bowl? That is not for sitting. It's not a jacuzzi. Come on out. Yep, like I heard it too. Know. He says no. Come on The out. puppy refuses. Look at the size of that guy. He fits in the bowl. He refuses to get out of the bowl, and the lady says it's not a jacuzzi. Come on out. He says no. I'm comfortable. Okay. I'm not leaving. And this this one is titled uh, "That's Me Every Morning." Where the the oh, oh the dog gets a glimpse of himself in the mirror with the review. Who is that guy? French bulldog, I believe. And he takes a look and he scares himself about who is this guy as he walks past the mirror. He, he startles like, who let another dog in the house? Where'd that come from? That's great. Couple of bad beats. Sabres plus a dollar twenty. They led two nothing at home with ten minutes left and they blew it against the Red Wings. Colorado, Minnesota under six and a half, two one in the third period, and then there were two late goals. The Wild tie it, and then it goes over in a shootout. Another third period over for Colorado, by the way. Uh, first period went over, but the goal in the first ten failed to cash. And I forgot about this one. But Sunday night, if you took the seven and a half with the Steelers, oh, it's a moose. It's seven nothing Pittsburgh with five minutes left in the second quarter. Kansas City scores. They get a stop. They score again. They get a stop. And then with less than a minute, it's third and 20 from midfield, and he hits Kelsey for 48 yards. 21-7 Kansas City. And there was someone here who had a large bet on Kansas City. 
a big better uh, circa laid it and cash with the Chiefs oh, first wow. half. You're down seven nothing with five. You're ninety. Yeah, and, you're ninety something percent to oh. win that bet if you got the Steelers plus seven and a half. No question. That's brutal. Yep. Win some, lose some. Presented by Bet Rivers, your hometown book. Log in and get a twenty percent live profit boost on the NBA every Tuesday. Learn more at betrivers.com. How about a hot take for you? And I hate to do this, but this is what Cliff Kingsbury should be fired. No. no. Oh, okay. Bruce Buffer is better than Michael Buffer. No. No. Absolutely. It's well, been Michael, the same thing for Michael, 20 years. I mean, why do they bring him out before Michael big Buffer's events? old now. I mean, he's really old. In his, in his prime, he was much better than Bruce. Bruce gets into it. I mean, he screams yeah, at he you. he ever does it. He makes himself the show. Yeah, he, he enjoys the attention. That, that's fair, but I think he does a good job. I I mean, if he was it. introing you, the reigning, the defending, fast food expert. That's right. Matt Eumann. I mean, he just could right in the face. He's shouting at people. We'll see him Saturday with the pay-per-view card. Bruce does a good job. <laughs> I like Bruce. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Our buddy like, Adam Hill's not a big fan, I don't think. Oh, really? Uh, Is it same same sentiment? Echo your sentiments about? No, I think it might be you know personal. Oh no, it is. Not a bad guy. Seems like a, a harmless fellow. <laughs> harmless fellow. He does. Yeah. Okay. What? Huh? What's your prick? Uh, probably a big ego. Oh, I could see that. There might be something. Uh, I'll tell you something about him off the air. Can't say it on the air. Okay, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, okay, back to the uh, divisional rounds now that the matchups are set in the NFL. And we'll talk to Mike Gola coming up. He was on the Cincinnati Raiders game uh, for Westwood One and get his thoughts on on the Bengals' chances moving forward. But uh, I also, as a former player, I wanted the rest versus rust thing with Green Bay, which he did the right thing. Uh, Lafleur coming off the bye, but you wanted to get guys a half in there against Detroit. But this, I think this is a big part of this handicap. Number one, Bosa, Warner, Garoppolo going to play, but with the sprained shoulder. But you don't know about the status about Bosa. But you go you go a five-quarter war in overtime to beat the Rams on the road. You get in the playoffs. Then it comes down to the final play against the Cowboys on mm-hmm. the road. And then you're the on a short week, you go to Lambeau, and they're rested and haven't played anybody a full game for three weeks. That's a tough situational spot for the 49ers, no question about it. But they they rolled over the Rams. They dominated that game they statistically. Uh, I thought that Second Kyle, half, yeah. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan did a great job, yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, after falling behind 17-0 against the Rams. I thought Shanahan set the tone for the entire game in Dallas. That first series was a thing of beauty. Niners go right down the field, take a 7 nothing lead. It was mostly field goals after that. But the Niners... <clears throat> Offensively on that first series, that was a masterpiece. And uh, that kind of put the Cowboys on their heels. Think about the first meeting between these teams in week three. The Niners had that game won. Yes. It was over. How yes. do you leave Devontae Adams open across the middle 30 yards down the field? Mm-hmm. It's, it was a miracle that Aaron Rodgers was able to pull that thing out. It was also a big breakdown by the Niners' defense. Right. And I, I would think Jimmy Garoppolo that, had that game won. He, he led the mm-hmm. Niners to the winning score. It well, should have been. Well, Green Bay also getting healthy, finally, and getting a lot of these right. guys back for the for the game. And David Bakhtiari, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a big addition to the offensive line. I, I think the Packers should be in pretty good shape right. going into this game. Three of the four games are rematches, and I also would think because he had a big game, 300 yards, almost 300 yards and two touchdowns in the 30-28 to 28 win, as you mentioned. I think this is a game where Rodgers can exploit the suspect San Francisco secondary and take some shots deep and have success. Yeah, it's also a game where the Niners are going to be able to run the ball on the Packers. 
They are, and that's that why could happen. That could that's happen. That's why they're a tough matchup for the Packers because of the way they can run the ball, and uh, that makes the Niners, I think, a, a difficult opponent for anybody. But they might be a little bit too beat up on defense at this point with Warner and Boza and all the injuries they've got to beat Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau Field. Well, chew clock, though. Keep them off the field. What's that? Run That's the what you got to do is try to so shorten the game, yep. run the ball, shorten the game. And uh, hopefully you have to hope that Aaron Rodgers makes a mistake, which he doesn't make too often. He's thrown two picks in the last uh, 16 games. NFL the rest of the way. Mike Gola coming up next on the playoffs. And film guru Nate Tice on, on the four matchups coming up this weekend. Also talk, former Eagle, Golick played the game. All the excuses coming out of Dallas and the decision to keep McCarthy. All that straight ahead on Follow the Money. Visa and the Sports Betting Network, Polly Howard, Matt Humans. Follow the Money on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VEASAN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to VEASAN.com slash podcast. They're free and available now. VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Mike Golick joins us now. Westwood One NFL analyst at Golick on Twitter. Played eight years in the NFL, and he was on the Cincinnati-Vegas game, and now he's going to Tampa for the big one between Brady and and the Rams, what were your impressions of the big win that the Bengals had to end the 31-year playoff drought, and if there's enough in the tank now going forward, the early game Saturday in Tennessee? Boy, that was a uh, that was, what an atmosphere it was in Cincinnati. Uh, as I said during the broadcast, I had a brother-in-law who had spent 30 years you know, in misery with the rest of those fans <laughs> out there, not having a win since 91, and, and that town party big time, so the atmosphere was great. You know, the fans obviously all remember, you know, the, the, the tough losses, but the players, Joe Burrow has been pretty consistent saying, Hey, that's not us. You know, we're trying to make our own legacy here. We can't think about the past, you know, and it's not like the Raiders had unfortunately a long, uh, you know, recent history of success in the playoffs. So these are two teams that were, you know, trying to get back in the winning ways in the playoffs and uh, simply outplayed them. But the Raiders just kept doing enough to hang around. Uh, Raiders are since he got a benefit on what should have been a blown dead call on the, on the whistle when it, when it inadvertently blew on a touchdown pass. Uh, so certainly since he caught a break there, but the Raiders kept finding themselves in position to be like two scores and one score, two scores and one score and kind of be in position to make a bit of a run. And it comes down to that play at the goal line on fourth down. Now, if that was complete, it wasn't going to be a touchdown anyway. I believe it was to Zay Jones. He was mm-hmm. he was on like the one-yard line. But still, you know, you're in position to make a, a tie ball game. Would have been interesting. Can Cincinnati, even maybe with some of those injuries, slow down Henry? And who knows what, what how many plays Henry will be out there and what he can bring after the long layoff and coming off the injury? Yeah, Owens will be the defensive tackle. He's going to be done. I don't think he'll be back. Hendrickson, that the you know the the fourteen tackle rusher, I believe will. I believe I, I think he'll clear protocol concussion and be able to be back. They were, it was interesting. Their their eleven defensive starters on day one, the opening game, was the same eleven starters in that playoff game, which is amazing. And then they ended up losing three starters. Uh, they lost the DB as well in that game, so they got by the injury bug a little bit. It'll be interesting with Derrick Henry coming back his first game. You know how much he can actually do, but they they really have run the ball pretty well, even in his absence. You know, I think with Tennessee, just 
just make it to the playoffs and maybe your guys will heal up. But they did. They made it to the playoffs as an number one seed, so they got an extra week to heal up. Um, Cincinnati could bite them, though. I mean, Cincinnati, between Burrow and Chase, the relationship they had from college to now, that back shoulder, you know, down the sideline throw is just it's just been deadly. And between he and T. Higgins and Boyd and then Mixon in the backfield, they got a lot of power on offense. I saw you tweeted about this, and, and you've been around the game for a long time and played. Who do we compare Debo Samuel to and, and how he wants to be? You know, he's, I think he said wide back in the video about how, what position he plays, but how much money this guy could make moving forward and the weapon that he, he has become for the Niners. Yeah, I'm sort of comparing it to someone. I'm not really sure because normally you see a running back, you know, split out and be that wide receiver, you know, Marshall Falk-esque, you know, become like a slot and try and go for a mismatch. This is a, this is a wide receiver. You know, becoming a running back. Cordell Patterson was doing the same thing in Atlanta. So the two of them, you know, did a great job of it. And he, he and and Debo better be careful of the position he picks because I don't think he wants anything to do with the running back position as far as money is concerned. You get way more money being a wide receiver. <laughs> yeah. Remember Jimmy Graham? Jimmy Graham tried this when he was with the Saints. He tried <laughs> to be a wide receiver instead of a tight end because there was more money at the wide receiver position. They're not going to invent a new position for Debo. You know, teams will love it. But when it comes to negotiating time, they're not going to do that. They're going to pick one position, and Debo should make sure it stays in wide receiver because they'll make more money that way. Well, let's talk about the Niners and what they have to do to beat the Packers uh, as five point five five and a half point underdogs at Lambeau Field. They're beat up on defense. Warner, Boza, we're not sure if they're going to play. Jimmy G's got the right thumb and shoulder injuries. Uh, how much of a shot do you give San Francisco in that game, and what's got to go right for the Niners to pull that off? You know, and that's one of the big things you talk about and something you can never predict in the beginning of the season is attrition. And where are you in the playoffs yet? So they have to play another game and then all of a sudden two of your studs on defense are nicked up. Are they going to be able to be back? We know Jimmy had the thumb, but now you had a shoulder to it. So, and now you're going to go play in, you know, probably single digit degrees, you know, where everything aches just a little bit more when that happens. Listen, they need to be a complimentary offensive team. They can't be a pure throwing team. They, they have a better chance to be more of a running team to just get away with it. But I think it'll be tough to do there as well. Green Bay has been pretty fortunate with their injuries. They've been pretty healthy. And you have Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers and, and, a, and a nice one-two punch in the backfield with Jones and Dylan. I think it's going to be a tough task for San Fran. They're going to have to make some big plays. And unfortunately, Jimmy G, while he can make some plays and steer the offense pretty well at times, Unfortunately, he can make that mistake as well. We saw the overthrow interception uh, against Dallas that led to a Dallas touchdown. So that's something that that's tough to you can't really afford to do, especially giving giving Green Bay an extra possession or two with Aaron Rodgers is a deadly combo. Paul, the money, Paulie and Matt, Beast and the Sports Betting Network. Mike Golick, our guest, Westwood One NFL analyst at Golick on Twitter. He's on the Rams and Buccaneers coming up this weekend. Um, maybe you love this uh, as, as a former Eagle. But all the issues going on in Dallas. I mean, what what do you what what changes would you make if, if you're Jerry and this fact? I mean, you can't get around this now. It's three playoff wins since I, 1997. Well, I mean, there's some things you have to deal with. You know, it's kind of like it gets befuddling. You know, you look at like the Raiders for years; they have led the league or close to leading the league in penalties. Right. Two different coaches and GM, so it's not just one regime. You know, and you look at Dallas, Dallas actually, you know, beat out the Raiders for the top spot that you don't want of being the most penalized team uh, in football. They just, they make mistakes. And a lot of people want to point at Mike McCarthy and say, it's his fault. 
And I've always been the one to say at the end of the day, the players are supposed to be the ones executing on the field. You know, if you have a lot of penalties, if you have a player that, that, that jumps off sides or illegal procedure or is a holding call, am I looking at Mike McCarthy and yelling at him for it? You know, people say, well, he needs to be more disciplined in practice or do something. Down. Okay. You know, if, if, Mike, if, if Micah Parsons jumped offside that game, are you telling Micah Parsons if he jumps offside, I'm going to sit you, you know, and be disciplined? I mean, you're not going to do that. So I think it's a combination of things. Certainly some's going to go on Mike McCarthy, no doubt about it. But these are professional football players. These are professional athletes on the field. You know, between what went on on that last play, those players need to know what to do with the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, all of us brought up the same thing because other teams have done it right. But how many videos of Larry Fitzgerald did we see after that? Right. Taking the ball, handing it to the center, handing it to the ref. You know what to do in that situation. The players didn't. You know, so there, there's a failure all around from the coaching staff to the players. So a lot of people need to look in the mirror. The issue with making a change, guys, is unless you're elevating Kellen Moore, now you're going, you change the head coach. If he changes the coordinators, now you have a new personality head coach. You have a new scheme on defense. You have a new scheme on offense, and you're changing everything again. So do you want to do that over trying to win with what you have now? Because on paper, they have incredible talent. Unfortunately for them, you don't play the game on paper, and their mistakes are just glaring on the field. Uh, two minutes left. How about the game you're doing, and you're on Sunday, and it could be decided in the trenches. You can't run against Tampa. Uh, we'll see what the Rams can do on the ground, and then the Wurfs injury, if he'll be able to go Sunday and they can protect Brady if that pass rush from the Rams can get after Tom. Boy, Wurfs and Jensen get hurt in that game. I know Jensen came back, which is good. We'll see about Wurfs, but... You know, Rams beat them in the regular season, I think, by 10, I think 34-24. We know the Rams can score points. Last night, you wondered, would the good or bad Matthew Stafford show up? Well, you didn't need either one. You only threw, what, 17 times or something like that? Mm-hmm. They ran it 38. I said before the game, and, and I always like to be right, and occasionally I am, I thought Cam Akers would be a, a pretty good X factor coming back off the Achilles that just got in week 18 sometime. I thought he played well. He's going to be big again for them. But the defense, which has all the big names on it, and again, great on paper, has been a bit inconsistent at times. Well, they weren't last night. And those guys are going to need to be the guys in this game. Pressure Brady, tick him off, get him frustrated. It's one of the best ways you can beat that team. And they had the defensive personnel to do it. Mike, about a minute to go. Who do you like in the Bills-Chiefs game? Wow. Everybody was hoping that would be the AFC Championship game, right? I mean... It looks like the beginning of the season, we had those two in there, and then they were inconsistent during the year. We were all scratching our head a bit. Now, toward the end of the season, they're playing like they should. Kansas City's putting up points after a scoreless first quarter, 35 in the next two quarters. But the Bills, I I don't know. There's something about the Bills. When Josh Allen runs and, and the threat that he can be, they're tough on the defensive side of the ball. I'm actually leaning toward Buffalo in this one. I think overall, they may be the better team. Thanks a lot, Mike. Good luck on the call Sunday. Appreciate a few minutes. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Mike Golick, Westwood One NFL analyst, uh, Tampa, and the Rams on Sunday. And He'll uh, be back out in Vegas for the Notre Dame-BYU right. football game in the fall. That's right. Big matchup. And uh, he, he was right about the atmosphere. They were hungry for a win, and they finally got one with the Bengals. And then in that drought as well. Now, they go, good matchups. You look at the point spreads. Hopefully, we get competitive games. That's what happened in the wild card weekend. Nate Tice to break down the film, uh, what he saw, to preview the four games, and what went wrong in Arizona. They were 10-2 and two, and then lost five of their last six. Couldn't beat Seattle at home. Lost to the Lions. 
and the abomination that was last night, scoring only 11 points in the pick six by Murray. Nate Tice to close it out. Fleece it, fall the money. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow the money on VSEN, the sports betting network. Never too early to prepare for the big game. We want to make sure VEASAN's a part of your plans. We'll be with you throughout the playoffs, then on championship weekend, and 56 hours of free video coverage on VEASAN.com leading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. Make your plans to spend it with us and our experts before, during, and after the action on VEASAN.com. Friend of the show, Nate Tice, athletic, Silent Count NFL analyst, at Nate underscore Tice on Twitter. Check out his film analysis at silentcount.substack. Talk... We we just ran a poll, Nate, before, during the show. Should the Cardinals bring back uh, Kingsbury? Fifty two percent said uh, no. Don't bring him back. What what went wrong here? I mean, they lost five of their last six, and they, they lose to Detroit. They can't beat Seattle at home. They could have won the division, and then that performance thing was over in the second quarter. I know, and oh my God, look at that poll! Like just barely over fifty percent. We got hey majority. That's what we go with. Uh, no, but honestly, with <laughs> with Cliff, and this has kind of been a complaint of mine since he even got there. The first year he was there was just whatever. That yeah. Cardinals roster was so terrible. And but then last year and then this year was almost deja vu. Tails off at the second half of the year. Um, the NFL really, it, it's it's three seasons in one basically. It's because once you put four or five six games out there, then everyone starts starts knowing. The good coaches at least go, okay, this is what they're doing on third down. This is what they're doing on second down. This is what they're doing on first down. You kind of, mm-hmm. everyone kind of knows what your fastball is. And it seems to me, and this happens the last two years especially, is that te- he gets figured out and he also lacks adjustments during the game. And mm-hmm. I actually was talking with Robert on the athletic football show last night was, okay, we've seen this twice now. NFL guys don't really change, you know, leopards don't really change their spots. So I think, you know, I think we know what the ceiling of this team is with Cliff Kingsbury at the helm. Like you, as soon as DeAndre Hopkins goes out one receiver, the, the whole thing comes apart. Like, yeah, kind of not what you want. Not really doesn't really build a lot of confidence with that team. I'm with you. And then the collapses as well. That happened every single year and losing record at Texas yep. tech with Mahomes. What do you think of the Rams matching up now in the rematch against Tampa and Stafford played well in the win. The running game helped them out uh, a couple drops. Beckham's been great since they acquired him. And if they can be able to put heat on Brady and make him uncomfortable, how do you see that game Sunday? Oh man. Uh, you see uh, the Rams stars and scrubs 
team building come to fruition last night. Like it was OBJ making the plays and then Stafford and Cup, you know, he's avoiding the blitz and everything. Um, that Tristan Wirfs injury for the Bucks is mm-hmm. going to be just gigantic. I think it's a game time decision. They already talked about it uh, yesterday, Arians. Um, that's going to be gigantic because you got that's where Von Miller is going to align. Uh, you know, Brady is he is playing amazing, but he is 44. Get a little pressure on him might not be the greatest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, my no quarterback really thrives under that. Um, what really the trickle down of say like if Wirfs is hurt or if Wirfs is just banged up or if the backups playing. Um, is the the check the chip help that might happen on the right tackle, which might limit some of the Bucks passing game. Uh, I think this Rams team is playing super well. Their their weakness, which is hilarious, he was the guy that got the the hit on Kyler in the end zone, was their linebacker position, the interior and the safeties. They might be playing, you know, uh, Weddle, uh, who just yeah. came off the street and playing, you know, snaps for him. Um, so that's the interior. The the defense is kind of their weakness. You know where Tom Brady really attacks really well, if you saw in that Eagles game especially, is the middle of the defense, <laughs> running high-low concepts and everything. So it's going to be a, uh, I think, strength versus weakness as far as Bucks offense versus Rams defense, uh, just like where, what they're, how they're configured. Um, I'm really curious. I, I think it's an over-type game. I think there's just going to be a lot of points on both sides because I also think this Rams offense, you can kind of see the run game. Cam Akers can, has burst all of a sudden after coming off an Achilles injury six months ago. I guess that's new, the new normal. Uh, but yeah. you can see this run game kind of take another step, and that's really scary, like that the Rams can kind of get to different attacks, different avenues on that offense. Like right now, that's that's really good for them. I, I think it's going to be a really fun game. Um, I'm kind of leaning Rams just because of the Bucks injuries, but we'll see with the worst. I think that worst injury is going to be okay. so huge, which is so funny. It's a right tackle <laughs> that we're talking about as a, as a yeah. key injury. Nate Tice, our guest, uh, Nate Tice, our guest, the athletic football show, Beast and Fall the Money. Now, we, we've talked about this all year, but just the, the talent and how physical the 49ers are and that great rushing attack and the job Shanahan's done. You have Kittle and Samuel and Ayuk, and, and even, I mean, that was misleading. They're up 16. He's got Ayuk wide open. He hits him. The game's over. But if Jimmy doesn't turn it over, they're seven and zero, and they get the win in Dallas. I mean, the, the, Rogers covers up a lot of things that stink. Their special teams are terrible. They got issues defensively, issues stopping the run. What do you think of the 49ers making a postseason run here? It's funny they changed the Packers changed their defense coordinator, and the the woes of the run game, the defensive run game, still still haunt them, still hurt them. Uh, yeah, that's that. That one's going to be interesting because that's the the 49ers were such a terrible matchup for the Cowboys. The Cowboys are a uh, star-laden team, but offensively and defensively, they have uh, their inconsistencies, I would say, is the nice way to put it. But this 49ers team, that run game can get after anybody, and that's exactly what it is. If they get a good game script where Jimmy G doesn't have to drop back his, you know, 15 times, a dozen times, that's because you see what happens when, when he does. Mm-hmm. It's like... You almost can put the interception on like a, a as an alarm. Like you're like, okay, what well, it's about, you know, it's about Jimmy O'Clock. Here it comes. Here yes. comes the pick. <laughs> um, I I also think this it's the Packers offensive line has been it's been shocking how competent they've been with all the injuries and the backups they're playing. They might get begin Bakhtiari back, but um how Rodgers has made them look just kind of like a real offensive line, but that's not going against this 49ers defensive line. Um, it uh, Rogers is one of the best in negating a good defensive line, just so how quickly it gets rid of the ball. Their run game's pretty dang good too. And the 49ers defense, you can get after them in the run game a little bit because they can get 
a little wild. So I could see a lot of bootlegs coming from the from the Packers as well. You know, if Bosa's playing, him screaming down the line. I think it's going to be a really good game. I just think this Packers team is so, so good. And But but <laughs> if the 49ers get that game script where they just can't, can't play keep away and they can just pound this rock, run all those toss plays, get it going, get it going, um, it could be a really like weird, ugly, kind of like more low-scoring game than you would think. But I really I, I think this Packers team is loaded, though. It, it, they're a really good team. They've been playing really good ball, and they're getting healthier as they hit the playoffs, which is just a scary thought. So we'll have to see. It's uh, We've seen so many times that defensive line kind of take over games in the playoffs. So really, it's up to the 49ers D-line. Nate, I want to know uh, which underdog you like the most this weekend. Bengals, Niners, Rams, Bills. And also, when you break down the Chiefs, it's kind of been a tale of two seasons. They were 3-4 and four at the end of October, mm-hmm. won 10-11 and 11 since. Are you convinced the Chiefs are a different team? And how do you expect that game to play out? Yeah, first question. I'll I'll say the Rams is probably the underdog I like the most. Uh, I I think that that game could go either way. Just I mean, just it's two good teams, and the Rams are like that performance yesterday. It's like okay, I can see your vision. Uh, I think this Chiefs team it, that's always been sitting on it. They had some weird, weird turnover luck in the first half of the year. Uh, it's funny in the sense that their offense has reverted back um, as far as the concepts around the stuff that they ran like two years ago. And I think that's really helped Mahomes be comfortable. That's why you're seeing those kind of half broken plays with Mahomes. That's what they so, so good at is breaking contain and, and extending plays. And I think some of that confidence that's come with it, not that Mahomes is ever lacking confidence. Would you, you're making $500 million, <laughs> but it's when he's breaking contain and doing all that, he knows where everybody's going now. It's not some new game plan. He play that they put in in 2021. It's something that he's like, Oh, I've run this 500 times. Okay. I know. I know Kelsey's going to be here. Hill's going to be here. Pringle's going to be here. Um, getting something in the run game, just a little juice with Jarek McKinnon, that helps us a lot. Uh, helps a lot too, because the the Chiefs like getting all these guys out uh, into pass concepts. Those flats, those checkdowns to McKinnon, who runs you know ran a four three, got banged up. So four four and change, I'll probably say now. You know he can get north and create explosives with that play, and that just adds a new element to that offense. I think the Chiefs have been sitting on this the whole year, um, and they're finding their groove a little bit. This defense, though, it's Spags is going to – he can't be bringing heat. You know, Spagnola, the defensive coordinator, like that's going to be very scary, him bringing heat against this Bills team, against Josh Allen, who torches blitzes. So that is going to be what's so, so curious in this game is how does Spagnola play Josh Allen because he's a freak of freaks. He can scramble you out if you bring him pressure and all the guys have their backs turned to you. Um, so I'm curious how Spagnuolo plays because I think he's got to play less aggressive than he wants to. Um, but it's this is gonna be a dynamic game, and I think this this Chiefs offense is really firing their groove right now. Always enjoy talking to you, Nate. Great work, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Nate Tice, Athletic Football Show. Check out his film analysis at SilentCount.substack for his breakdown there. So we 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 can't get a bad Super Bowl matchup, right? If Tennessee makes it, I guess it would hurt from the prop standpoint. Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to be fired up to see the Titans uh-uh. in the Super Bowl. But Other than that, you're yeah. good with, with all the seven other teams, right? Yeah. I'd be okay good, with the good Bengals. Games. I'd, be, sure, I'd be okay with the Bengals. Joe Burrow, Jamar sure. Chase. And that just shows you yep. the disrespect for the Titans, the top seed in the AFC. Nobody wants to see them in the game. There you go. Fun uh. show. Back tomorrow, Teresa Walker to let us know what's going on with Henry. She covers the Titans. Johnny Avello, also Indy Jeff Seeley with some golf. See if Matt can do it again. He gave out his golf picks as well. 
Thanks to the crew. Great job. Mitch out sick. Could be back tomorrow. We'll see. There you go. Every morning. Every morning. Check it out. Peace and follow the money. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare